preach to make you feel good. There's many preachers that's out there that they preach to make you keep coming to church and make you give your money. There's many preachers out there that just kind of make you think you're okay and not let you know when you're not okay. And they're out there. And that has gone on for so long that so many people come to church now. And if they don't feel good when the preacher preaches, they don't come back. If they don't feel good when the preacher preaches, they say, ah, that church is not for me. If they don't feel good about themselves, then they don't want to be in church. And as you all know that are, you know, constantly here, there's going to be some days where the preaching is going to make you feel good. And that's good. But the preaching is not supposed to make you feel good all the time. And there's going to be some days when the preaching will challenge you. And there's going to be some days when the preaching will cause you to have to re-examine and search out yourself or it might make you have to cry a little bit. But it's all for the good of your purpose in Christ Jesus. It can't just be you need to feel good all the time. And unfortunately, most people are looking for an assembly where they will feel good every time they leave. And what that produces is weak-minded, I wish I could say Christians, but Christians aren't weak-minded. <laughs> so I can't even say weak-minded Christians. I just have to say people that, that are weak-minded. So when, when challenges come, when tough times come, you're, you're, you're going to find yourself falling away from God. And you might not think much of it because you're going to say, well... But it, but it's because you set yourself up to always feel good. It's because you set yourself up for things to always work out easy for you. And when it becomes hard, when it becomes challenging, you decide to fold up and just... If you do that, you're going to miss heaven. If you do that, you're going to... It can't be always easy. It can't be always uh, just... just for you to just just slide right in and everything just works easy and everything just worked for you. It, it, it can't be that way. We're going to be challenged at times. And it's going to be uh, things that we have to do to make sure we make it in. And so I'm going to challenge you today once again. I challenged you last week. I challenged you last week about being a servant. And, and today I'm going to challenge you a little bit. And I wanted to just make this known to you first to say... Don't look for easy believism and, and the church is supposed to be so easy because it's not going to be easy and it's going to be sad if you think it to be easy and when things get hard, you walk away. Don't walk away when you get challenged by God. Don't fold up when you get challenged by God. There's, there, there's great blessing right behind that. As soon as you accept the challenge, great blessings are coming. Don't you fold up. Don't you back down and worry about, ah, that's just too hard. Because what you will do is you will find yourself after 10 years, after 15 years, after 20 years going to church and feeling like you've been faithful and committed. You're going to find yourself out there wondering, what happened? I thought I was a Christian. I thought I was serving Jesus. And now you find yourself outside of church. And outside of sermon, and you're wondering what happened. But I'm telling you now what would have happened, or what would happen, or what will happen to get you that place. And that is because you want living for God to be easy. 
And when you want living for God to be easy, you're going to find yourself, when it gets hard, not living for God. Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse number 1. Amen. The word of the Lord says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... It came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I given unto you as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coasts. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Listen to this again. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong. Oh my God, why does he keep saying this? In this scripture that we're reading, this is the third time the word of the Lord is saying, Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare ye victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And so the word of the Lord is trying to tell us something this morning. Be strong and of good courage. God wouldn't tell us to be strong and of good courage if there wasn't going to be some challenges. We want it to be easy. But God is telling us way ahead of time. It's not going to always be easy. There's going to be many times it's going to be challenging. But I just want you, my people, to know this. Be strong and be of good. Tell your neighbor, be strong. 
and of good courage. Jesus, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. If you must today shake the foundations of our heart, shake the foundation of this church. Lord God, move on us in a supernatural, divine, and miraculous way. That, Lord God, change will come to our life, Lord. God, we're living in an hour, Lord Jesus, where we want everything to be easy. We want everything to be simple. But, God, you're a God of all ages. You're from everlasting to everlasting. You are the beginning. You are the ending. You are the, oh God, the middle. You are the first and the last. The one which is, which was, and which is to come. There is nothing, Lord God, that you can't do. You're present for all things. You always were. And so, God, today I pray that you will impart to us what we need. God, I know if you want us to hear from you today that there are things that we're dealing with right now in our life, Lord, that you want us to be strong and be of good courage. I pray the anointing of God will move upon me like I've never been anointed and allow me to speak as your oracle with all the power of God working through me. I pray this morning, Lord God, that I will speak as your oracle. I pray this morning that the gifts of the Spirit will operate. Touch the hearing of your people, Lord God, that it will hear what the Spirit is saying. That the glory of the Lord will be revealed and the power of God will be demonstrated. Father, will you do a work, a miraculous work, a quick work in our heart today? We cannot, we will not remain the same as we've always been. We need a breakthrough. We need something to happen in our life. We need a change. We need you, Lord God, for we cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot do it on our own. It's only by the power of God can we do what needs to be done. It's only by the power of God can we go where you want us to go. It's only by the power of God can we take a hold of the things you want us to take a hold. God, we declare today we are weak, but thou art strong. We are weak, but thou art strong. God, I pray your strength upon every person in this room. And God, we will leave this place today better than when we came in, different than when we came in, uh, more anointed than when we came in, uh, greater faith uh, than what we came in with. Uh, oh God, have your way today. Uh, will you hear our prayers? Uh, and let it be so. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Uh, can everyone in this house clap their hands uh, unto the Lord Jesus? Uh, can everyone in this house shout unto Him uh, and give Him honor? Jesus uh, is here today. Uh, Jesus is in this house. Uh, will you lift up His name? Uh, will you praise Him? And honor him. Great is the Lord and greatly too. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Under the leadership of Moses, then eventually Joshua, the children of Israel had been journeying towards the land of the promise. God had made a promise to Abraham way back then to say, we're going to 
Or God says, I'm going to give you a land flowing with, with milk and honey, a, a good land, a land of plenty, a perfect land. And so God promised Abraham. And since the promise, God were leading the children of Israel towards that land. The journey that they were on toward that land that God had promised them, the journey that it would take, the length of time it would take to get to that land could have been less than 30 days. But because of their waywardness, because of their murmuring, because of their complaining, the journey that was supposed to take them less than 30 days to reach the promised land took them years. Today, many of God's people are in that unsatisfactory condition where God has brought you out of sin, where God has touched your life and said, come out from among them and be separate and touch not that unclean thing. And God has brought you out of sin. God has brought you out of that world of sin and brought you in the church. And he's trying to lead you to possess the promises. But we become we become murmurers and complainers. We begin to rebel against God. And what should take us days, what should take us moments, is taking us years because we're complaining and we're murmuring and we're saying how hard this is and why can't God do it this way and why can't God do it that way. I'm here to tell you we need to learn from the children of Israel that because they murmured, because they complained, because they rebelled, what God promised them, they never possessed in the time they should have. It took them years, but it should have took them days. Somebody in here, God is speaking to us. It's going to take you years to have what God has commanded you should have. If you complain, if you murmur, and if you rebel, it's going to take years. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I worry. I worry when people, when God lead us into the church and we come into the church and we have misconceptions and, and, and misinterpreted ideas about how things are supposed to be. And then when we come in and things don't work the way we thought they were supposed to work or how someone explained to us they should have worked. And when they don't work that way, we begin to back up. And when they don't work that way, we begin to question. And when they don't work that way, we begin to just take our time time with God. But hear me today. I'm here to tell you that God wants you to know that you have to understand what God said. It must and it will come to pass. We just have to know that God will bring it to pass if we will do what we're supposed to do. I've entitled our message today, Arise! Take possession of the promises. Arise! Take possession of the promises. Or should I say, fight for what's yours. We, 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 we wanted to just be put in our lap. Because that's how our mind has been conditioned. Everything has become easier. I want to really communicate to you today 
that we have to understand we cannot compare the things of God with the things of man. The changes that we have seen in our world, I know for us they're great changes. I know things are better now. I know times are better now. I know people are living better now. And I am in agreement with that. And that's true. But what I want you to not do is think that it's the same way with God. Remember the Bible says, God changed not. He is the same yesterday. He is the same 6,000 years ago. He is the same 2,000 years ago. He's the same 500 years ago. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. While the times are changing, while things are easier, while we have things better, I'm here to tell you, God is not changing. God is the same. He will continue to be the same. He will change not. We can't bring over the life of today into the things of God. God is Almighty God. We are not God. And what God says, it shall and it will come to pass. We have to now say, God, what are you doing so I can know what to do? Some people, you got to ask yourself, is this you? Some people got saved out of fear. How do you know that, preacher? For all the people that was brought out of Egypt, that was so quick to complain, God brought us out of Egypt to bring us into this wilderness so we can thirst, so we can starve. When you get saved, my God help us, when you get saved, and you are quick to complain. It may just be that you got saved out of fear. God is a lover of people because he created people. It is not God's will that you get saved by fear. It is God's will that you get saved by faith. And I'm here to tell you today, it's faith that must move us. It's faith that must work in us, not fear. It's faith. I know the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord is knowledge or the fear of the Lord is wisdom. But I'm here to tell you, it's faith that will produce the miraculous not fear. If we live in fear, we will not see the miraculous. But if we live in faith, if we walk by faith, we will see the miraculous. God is not calling His people to be saved because they're fearful. God is not calling His people to be saved because they're trying to escape what they think is danger. But God is calling His people to be saved, to come into relationship with Him. It's the will of God that we come into relationship with Him, that we have a right relationship with him. It's not his will that we're fear, fearful of him. As a father, I don't want my kids to be fearful of me. I want them to reverence me, but I don't want them to be fearful of me. Come on, Dad, talk to me. You want your kids to know when I speak, you better listen and they do what you tell them. But you don't want them to be fearful that when you come home, they say, Dad, home, and they go someplace else because they don't want to see Dad. They hide from Dad because Dad is a mess, because Dad is a terror. You don't want to have kids that's running from you because you're a terror, but you want kids that says, when Dad says something, I'm going to listen. 
I watch my kids all the time, every last one of them. Maybe, it's, maybe it says more about me than it does them, but I watch them all the time, how they know when, according to my voice inflection, when to do something. I can tell them to do something one time, and they'll pay me no mind, because they know the voice. They know it better than I know what I'm doing. So when they hear the voice a certain way, they know, yeah, we can still goof off a little bit. I'm serious. You, I don't know about you. You might, you know, dad, I don't know if you experienced that, but they know. And then when you hit that, that, that just right pitch, all of a sudden they're doing it now. And in your mind, you're like, why are they doing it now? Because they know your voice. They know who you are. They know when you're serious. They know when they need to do what you tell them. And they know when you're just like saying it for the first time and no big deal. Well, God wants us to be like children. He wants us to love him and not run and hide from him. But he also wants us to reverence him, which means when he says do something, we need to do it. He don't want to raise no children to be fearful, and that's all we are is fearful of God. If we don't do this, God is going to strike down lightning on us. If we don't do this, God is going to whoop us. If we don't do this, God is going to take us through struggles. Some people are living for God, talking about, man, you better do it, because if you don't do it, God's going to take you through. God is not trying to raise children like that. God wants us to live for Him, to give our life to Him by faith, and not because of fear. Fear don't produce the miraculous, but faith does. So God has a lot of promises stored up for us. He does. But can I point this thing out to you very, very clearly? In order to put yourself in position to obtain these promises, these precious promises, you got to first cross the Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Bible. Bible study students, y'all know I love the Word of God because it's so good. God is always consistent in who He is and how He does things. So, in order for you and I to possess these promises, we have to first cross the Jordan. John, the Bible says, Baptism is how we enter into covenant with God. Mm -hmm. Some people downplay baptism. It's the big deal. It's the ceremony to enter into covenant. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Listen, when people get married, what do they do to get married? Isn't there like a ceremony? And so, when you decide to turn your life over to Jesus, there's a ceremony called baptism. (laughs) And so, even way back then, the Lord was showing us what was to come. You gotta cross over this Jordan. You gotta be baptized.
in water in order to enter into covenant with me. And so in order to put yourself in position to claim the promises of God, you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you set yourself up in position to possess these promises. I always say, don't confuse the mercy of God with the promises of God. Don't confuse the mercy of God with the promises of God. Can I tell you this? It's so much. I don't want to go too deep into anything and get you off track. But listen to this. In the same kind of scriptures we're reading, if you go back in Numbers chapter 20, God told Moses, Moses, the people are complaining that they're thirsty. What I want for you to do is speak to the rock and water will flow out of the rock and they will drink. And so Moses, they got frustrated with the people because this is Moses position, which all pastors have to guard against. Lord, can't they see what you've been doing? You parted the Red Sea. You let manna come down. You, you, you were a cloud to cover us when it was hot. You were fire at night to keep us warm and let us see our way. You did all these things and brought us to the Red Sea and you destroyed our enemy. And we're still murmuring and complaining, Lord, why are they doing that? So that got to Moses. Because that's what get the preachers. Because preachers see the goodness of God in people's life and people just ignore it and people just treat it like no big deal and people just say, ah, whatever. And they take it for granted like God is, God has to do that. And so preachers see that and get frustrated. That's what I got to go against. Pray for me that I don't get that way. That's where some preachers become manipulative. Manipulating people are never good. But I understand where they're coming from. I'm not going to try to do that. But I'm saying where they're coming from, because where they're coming from is trying to get you to do what you should do. Because God has been good to you. But we can't do that. Because when people get out of our presence, they won't do what they're supposed to do. You can't manipulate people to do what they're supposed to do. Because they will only do it in front of you to make you think that they will do it all the time. But they're not going to. So a smart preacher is going to say, I'm not manipulating you because I'm not with you all the time. Either you're going to do it or you don't. Not to mention, I'm only preaching God's word. And if you're not obeying it, you're not, you're not disobeying me. You're disobeying him. But it's still a challenge for a preacher to minister to preach. And knowing what God is doing. And we just kind of play it like no big deal. And so Moses got frustrated and Moses went to the rock with the rod and struck the rock. Remember, God has said, speak to the rock. Moses went, bam, bam. Here's the moral of the story. Water started coming out. You know why water started coming out? Because of the mercy of God. We get that confusing thinking, I'm good with God. This is why I'm telling you what I'm telling you. You can't get confused the mercy of God which you're good with God. 
God's going to love you and show you love and mercy no matter what. It doesn't mean you can obtain and possess the promises of God because you got to cross that Jordan in order to put yourself in position to possess the promises, the blessings of God. So that register, that you understand that. You're going to feel God's love at times. You're going to experience God's mercy at times. But it doesn't mean you're in right stead or right relationship or right position with God. The two is not the same. God is just that good. He created you and he created you in his image. So his desire is that you are doing well. His desire is that you are blessed. His desire is that you will have what he, int- what, what, what he wants for you to have. But he can't give it to you until you're in right position to receive it. That's one of the great things about God as a parent. You know how me and you can break down because our kids just, um, you know, dad, dad, dad. And sooner or later, all right, God has to be God. He changed not. And if this is the way he implements things to be, that's the way it's going to be. And as much as he loves you, it doesn't mean he's going to make exception for you because he loves you. He loves all of us. He won't make exceptions. If this is what he says, this is what it is. So we have to cross Jordan in order to put ourselves in position to obtain the promises of God. When we're baptized in Jesus' name, we put ourselves in position to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it's the Holy Ghost that will work in our life to change us from wondrous, from outcasts, to covenant people. If we're going to possess the promises that God has in store for us, we're going to have to become His covenant people. I wonder what someone may be thinking now that I said you have to be baptized in water to enter into that covenant with him. I wonder what some may be thinking right now. Is it that serious? Do we have to do that? All of those things. Well, God is not like man. And you can bargain in yourself the way how you know how. But God is not going to change his way. If God says We must be born again to enter into the kingdom. Then we must be born again to enter into the kingdom. No exceptions. And guess what's so beautiful about him? And it doesn't mean that he loves you any less than the one that got born again. That's what's scary about God. Because if you're born again, he loves you. If you're not born again, he loves you. But the one that's born again, they have the right to take hold of the inheritance, of the blessing. The one that's not born again, they don't have that right. God's mercy will still be in your life. God's love will still be in your life. But you're not in position to take possession of the promises. Are we clear on that? Joshua 1.11 says, Prepare ye victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. 
You reading with me? That statement doesn't make sense. Y'all follow me? Let's read it again. Prepare ye victuals. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. If you give me the land, Lord Michelle, if he gives you the, if he gave you something, why you got to go possess it? Are you thinking about that? If God gave you something, why you have to go and possess it if it's yours? What kind of God is that? Glad you asked. The promises God has given to us for a possession is exceeding and great. And guess what? We limit ourselves when we don't obtain them. I see Sister Amanda shaking her head. She know all too well. We, we, we have some great exceeding promises that God has made to us. And when we don't possess them, we talk about why this is not working. And Can God be real? Why don't I have these promises? If God says I should have these promises, why don't I have them? The answer is this, because you limit yourself. I got to get you the last message preached at Youth Congress Friday night. You can't measure a miracle. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Because, because that's what we keep doing. We keep measuring everything to try to figure out. And, and, and we keep measuring things to determine what we will and won't get. And it's killing us. It limits us because we're measuring things. The reason why we don't have what God said we will have is because we limit ourselves. It's not because God is mean. It's not because God is doing something wrong. It's because we limited Ourselves. What do you mean by that, preacher? I'll get there. The land which I do give to you, my children Israel, every place that thou sole of thy foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you. I have given it to you. The Lord had given it to them from of old when he promised it to Abraham. Listen to this. The most high God is possessor of all things. And when he says to his people, I give you this, who shall dispute it? Psalm 24 verse 1 says this. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. If that's true, God owns everything and he give whosoever he will what he wants. God owns everything and he give whosoever he will what he wants. And so we have issues in the Middle East because God, the Almighty, decided I will give this portion of land to Israel and, and, and this is what they will have. And there's others that saying... Well, that's not what we want. And we should be the one to have it. It doesn't matter what you think you should have. 
As a matter of fact, that might mess with us a little bit. We, we think we should have some certain things, and God is saying, that's what you think you should have. But God will only give you what you can handle. You don't know your capabilities. You think you can handle certain things, but God knows what you can handle because God created you and gave you the capability to do or not do what you're doing or not doing. And so when God says, this is what I give to you, He gives it to you because He knows you can handle it. And you just have to be okay with that to say, God knows. Can somebody say, God knows? Can you say it again? God knows. We have to get that kind of attitude. If he's the almighty God, the all-knowing God, the all-powerful God, the God that sees everything, the God that is present everywhere, all at once, we need to settle in our hearts and say, God knows. I don't always agree with God, but God knows. I don't always see it the way he sees it, but God knows. We gotta accept that. He knows. I don't always like the way he sees it. I want him to see it my way sometimes. <laughs> but I gave up on that because he says his ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts. So I gave up on that a long time ago. And I said, God, show it to me your way so I can understand it your way. <laughs> Woo! The Israelites was to claim they were to possess the land that, that, that God had declared that they was to have. There was only one problem with that. The Canaanites was there. There were people living in the land. So God is saying, that land is yours, go get it. And they're looking around like, dude. Can't you see there's people living there? How does that work? Because we don't see the same way they see. We don't live the same way they live. So how is that land ours? Hmm. Man, God. Don't worry. The Canaanites were living there. Uh huh. But if the Lord could respond to you and me when we start making excuses, just like he was trying to get the Israelites to understand. Yeah, they're living there, but I outlawed them to live there. They're not supposed to be there. Y'all got to follow this. He told them to go and take possession of a land where people were living. And we already know that the people of God and the people of the world can't live together because they practice the way they live is different. So it can't work. So God, why are you telling me to go and, and take my land when they're there? And God is saying they're not supposed to be there. So I need to drive them out of there and take your land. So now we come to the point of understanding why he kept saying. Be of good courage. Be strong. Now, now, now you, God don't slip. He said it. We read Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. Three different times. Be strong and of good courage. 
Why was he telling us that? That's why when God speaks, whether we read the word or we hear his voice or we get a thought from him, we got to lock in and just burn it in our mind and begin to say, God, if you said it, that's what I'm going to do. Because God don't miss. God don't make mistakes. God don't say things just to say it. Everything God says is for a purpose. He said, be strong and have good courage three times in 11 Verses. So now we know. Because when they got to the land, there were people living in the land that God said belonged to you. And God says, that's yours. That's where we are today, I feel like, as the people of God. That's yours. But it's being occupied. That's yours. How's it mine? I feel strongly about this this morning. God is saying, that's yours! And you're looking handicapped, and you're looking crippled, and you're looking confused, and you're looking like, what do you mean? And God is saying, didn't I say to you, be strong and of good courage, and didn't I say to you that I am your God, and I will not allow anyone to withstand you, I will not allow anyone to overthrow you, I'm your God. Nobody can defeat you. Nobody can stop you. And so whatever belongs to you, it doesn't matter who has it. It doesn't matter who possesses it. Whatever I say belongs to you, you take it. Problem is, we haven't gotten to that place to understand. We want to feel like, well, the Lord is good. And the Lord is going to take care of that. And we, we kind of live that kind of life like, oh, God is going to do everything. People, God is in a partnership with us. God is not just, 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 just being our genie in the Bible. God is not just being our magician. We are in partnership with Him. And He will do what He has to do, but we have to do what we have to do. And God is saying, you are my chosen people. I've given you authority. Now do what I said you must do. We're in partnership. He's not the genie that's saying, oh, what do you need me to do? And can you imagine, if God is the genie, Amanda, then he ain't God no more because we would be the ones pulling the string. What kind of God do you want to serve? One that is like a puppet? You just keep pulling the strings and he just do whatever you want? That ain't no God. That's an idol. I want me a God that is all powerful, that is all knowing, that does what he wants. Not what I think and not what I want. I want a God that rules and reigns because he's almighty. That's the God I serve. Not serving no no puppet God. Every time I feel like I need something, hey God, sure no thing, no problem. And he run to go do what you want. Oh, we got to get out of that game. Uh, that, that's not that's not what God is up to. God is not that kind of God. He's not just doing stuff for us. He's he's not pulling strings. We pull the strings and he does whatever. That's not the kind of God we're serving, people. We're serving the all-knowing God. 
We're serving the all-present God. We're serving the one who knows everything, sees everything, and can do everything, and nothing can stop him. He has control of the entire universe, heaven and earth. He is in control of the winds and the seas. He is in control of nature. When we got to the airport Thursday, we messing with some of the um, people that's working the kiosk where we're trying to get our boarding pass. And um, apparently a couple of people that we were messing with, they, they, they go to church. One, I think, was even a pastor. And they made fun. I was glad they made this joke. They say, yeah, when God speaks, nothing can move. They work at the airport, so they know what they're talking about. So you know what they were talking about? The storm was coming. That was God's way of speaking. And so when God decided, I want everything on the ground, <laughs> he just sent the storm, and everybody just got to sit still. We all in the airport, and what's going on? God is in control. Ah, that's the kind of God I serve. That's the one I serve. That he is in full control. <laughs> We all trying to get to St. Louis. Everybody trying to get to where they want. And God is, yeah, I don't think so right now. <laughs> That's what they said. They said, they said, they said, yeah, when the one that has all power speaks, nothing moves. I was cracking up. So at least they made a joke. They knew what was going on. They know. They said, the, they said flights get delayed for two reasons, mechanical reasons and weather. I just smile. I said, okay. Well, we'll get to St. Louis, I guess, today. You know, that's what he wants. And so we got to St. Louis. That's why you got, you got to take it all in stride and just have a good attitude when you know who Jesus is. Because you know what happened is because he was in control. He decides what the weather will do or not do. He's in total control. And so I'm finishing up here. So we know the Lord told them. Take control. Possess the land that I promised you. But the Canaanites was there. And I want to tell you this. As Christians, as children of God, when you cross over that Jordan, you're born again. And you cross over and now you have the right to go to God. Let me tell you, it's not always going to be easy. As a matter of fact, I got to tell you this morning, there's going to always be obstacles. Obstacles is what we are backing down from. And so when God says, this is yours, that is yours, and we see that we really don't have it in our possession, and God is saying, it's yours, you go ahead and take it. We're afraid, and we're backing down, but God is trying to let us know this morning, be strong and of good courage. Whatsoever God says is yours, you have to take possession of it. You have to take control of it, and you cannot allow the obstacles to stop you. Can I tell you, Satan is an obstacle. Can I tell you, sin is an obstacle. Can I tell you, sickness is an obstacle. But somebody...
somebody in this place need to rise up with authority. Somebody in this place need to rise up with boldness. If you're a child of God, you need to raise up and say, I'm a child of the King. I've crossed the Jordan. I have authority. And I take authority today over sickness. I take authority today over the demons. I take authority today over every obstacle that's trying to stop me from possessing what belongs to me. If God gave it to me, I'm taking it. You got to take what's yours. You got to take what's yours. We can't sit back anymore and play patty cake. We can't sit back anymore and act like, oh, well, when in God's time. No, no, that's your time. That ain't God's time. When God said it's yours, it's yours. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till next week. You don't have to wait till next month. If God said it's yours, it's yours for you to take possession of it right now. You don't have to wait because God said it's yours. Oh, you're getting quiet on me. You're backing up now. I'm done though. When the Bible says, be strong and of good courage, it wasn't talking about Joshua's character. Mm -mm. No, it was talking about Joshua's action. The Bible, the word of God was trying to let us know. Joshua was was supposed to be a man of action. If you're a child of God, you're supposed to be a woman of action. You're supposed to be a man of action. You're supposed to be a young person of action. You're supposed to be a child of action. If you're a child of God and God has brought you out of sin and you have repented and baptized and you have the name of Christ applied to your life, you are a person of action. You're not a person that should be sitting back and waiting. The only people Oh, the only one you wait on is Jesus. But if Jesus says, no waiting, it's yours. You don't have to wait. You just go and take possession. I can't In the name of Jesus. By the authority of the word of God, sickness, I command you to be dried up. In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of this body. In the name of Jesus, you are, oh, you got to come out in Jesus' name. You have no place in this body. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This body is the temple of God. You have no right to come into I command you in Jesus' name to come out. Somebody, God has given you, God has given you your, your, your possessions, your, your inheritances, and you need to take a hold of it. You need to stop laying back. You need to stop sitting back. You need to take a hold of what God says belong to you. Be strong and of good courage. Be a man of action. Be a woman of action and take control, take possession of what's right fully yours stand with me listen to me listen to me I gotta make examples sometimes just so you can understand gotta make examples so you can understand let me go mess with Larry 
I'll make examples that you can understand. Anybody mess with that? We don't have rules that we follow anymore. Ain't no rules to follow. You mess with this, you do anything to this, we don't follow any rules. That, that's his baby girl. We not follow no rules, anything mess with that. Anything mess with your prized possession that belongs to you, all the rules are thrown out. Well, that's what you got to realize. What God has given you, rules are thrown out. I'm not fighting fair. I'm not fighting fair when God said this belonged to me. When God said this belonged to me, there's no fair fight anymore. Oh, man, you're not getting this. When God says something is yours, there's no fear fight. Use everything at your disposal because it's yours. Listen, God has made his promises. And we have to realize that the promises, all we have to do is possess them. We have to possess them. In Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. They shut up Jericho. Jericho was the city, um, the biggest city of Canaan. So it was, it was, you know, everybody in Jericho waiting saying, The children of Israel not getting in here because this is our land. They're trying to fight the children of Israel to try to keep them out of what belongs to them. So they shut up Jericho. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given... Into thine hand, Jericho. Come on, church. The Lord gave them Jericho, but people were in Jericho talking about, you're not getting this. You think this is a game? You think this is just some story I'm telling you? God has given you things, and the devil is saying, oh, you ain't getting it. You think this is a joke? God has put things in your hand, and all you got to do is possess it, but you keep on acting like you can't do it. The devil not playing. The devil not letting it go. And you're going to have to slap him. I told you there's no rules. When somebody has what belongs to you, there is no rule. Slap that devil and take what is yours. I've given you into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor and ye shall come past the city. All ye men of war. What do you call them? What are you? What are you? A nice Christian. I, I, no, I don't do that kind of thing. Okay. You ain't going to have what God promised you're supposed to have. He says, And you should combat the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shall thou do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of rams, and the seventh day ye shall come past the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Verse 20. So the people shouted. When the priests blew with the trumpets, 
And it shall come to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city. Every man straight before him. Look, I love this part. And what? What, what is that? You still want to sit back and say, the Lord will provide. It will be all right. If God said it's yours, you have to take it. You can't sit back anymore and say, well, the Lord knows. Well, the Lord understands. Let me help you with something. If the Lord didn't give it to you, then you pray and say, God, thy will be done. But if the Lord already gave it to you, don't wait for him to do nothing else. He said, I gave it to you. Now possess it. Don't wait for anything else. <laughs> Let me give you a scripture that will help you with something. Luke chapter 12. I guess it's coming down to this. I'm done here. Luke chapter 12 says, verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. Pleasure! To give you. It's yours. And there's a lot that come with that. So let me explain to you as we go what the kingdom is. The kingdom is wherever God is ruling and reigning. The kingdom is wherever God is ruling and reigning. That's why the Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. Let's start there first. So if God is ruling your life, then there is God's kingdom. If God is ruling in your church, then there is God's kingdom. If God is ruling in your home, then there is God's kingdom. If God is ruling in your city, then there is God's kingdom. Let me explain this to you how good God is and how bad he is. What he's really saying. Remember that scripture we talked about? The earth is the Lord's. But you're not, you're not getting it. Even though the earth is the Lord, what is going on is every place in the earth, the Lord is not ruling over it. Does he have power over it? Yes. But what he has done is saying, my partners, my sons and my daughters, it is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So what I want for you to do is to rule and reign wherever you go in this world. So the bottom line is, this world is yours. Oh. The devil is in this world doing whatever he wants, and we're saying, well, as long as he don't mess with me. But this is yours. He says, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So therefore, if you will go and rule, let the Lord that's in you, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If wherever you go, you let God rule through you, then God reign in the earth. God is not reigning in the earth. You want proof? Where the Canaanites had occupied. God wasn't reigning there because they didn't serve God. So that's why they needed to be out of there. Because that was God's land. 
This is God's land that people are not letting God rule and reign. And it's up to us, the church, the people of God, that God has turned this thing over to us to say, you take possession of You rule and reign. You're under my authority. Now go and rule and reign in this earth. We're not getting this. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. This all belong to God. And as long as God is ruling in our life, wherever we go and exercise the authority of God in our life, God is reigning in that place. Canaan was God's property, but people that were in Canaan were not allowing God to rule in Canaan. So God says, Go take that. Oh, God, help us. Go take that. It's time, church, for us to arise and take possession of our promises. We can't sit back and let the devil do what he wants. We can't sit back and let sin do what it wants. We can't sit back and let the adversary and all that is against us do whatever it wants. It's time for the church of the living God to step up and arise and take possession of what's rightfully ours. You need to speak to sickness and say, sickness, I command you in Jesus' name to come out of that body. You have no place because that body is the temple of God. You need to say, people of God, we need to stand up and say, God is the king of this house and nothing by any means should come in here except it be of God. We got to exercise that kind of authority because God has given us that authority. And so how you do that? We need whatever God has for you, there will always be opposition. The oppositions are trying to prevent you from possessing it. And you have to know that. And so how do we go about possessing what rightfully belongs to us? The first thing you want to do, I thought this was interesting. When, when I read this, this yesterday, this morning, whenever I read it, it shook my core. The first thing that is required to take authority over everything or anything you're taking authority over is this. Plant your feet. What did the Bible says? Wherever your foot shall tread, you will have. That might not speak to you, but it spoke and I said, God, you are something else. So what God does is he brings you into a land. 
and let your foot begin to walk in that land because wherever that land is, you have the right as a child of God to claim that land, to say, this is mine. And whatever that don't belong here needs to come out. You have every right. When you go home in your house today, you need to say, this is mine. And every sin and every unrighteousness and every ungodliness that is in this place, you have to go because this belongs to me and I'm a child of God. Whenever you feel bad in your body, you need to say sickness. You don't belong in this body because this body is the temple of God. I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of this body. You have the right to do that because God has already given it to you. So how do we take control? We put our foot down wherever we need to put it down. Praising God is important to do for you to take control of what belongs to you. So when you begin to praise God, we have the scripture reference. We don't have to get into that because we're done. We have the scripture reference that says as they begin to praise God, what happened? The wall just fell flat. When we begin to praise God, whatever we desire desire to have and possess, we praise God, we will possess. A long time ago, the Lord showed me something. He says, when you begin to praise, the devil got to go. Because praise is like a jab to a boxer. As long as you're jabbing, the person or the adversary cannot come close, cannot take possession of anything. You just keep praising God. Because when you praise God, you keep your adversary, you keep the devil away from your stuff. Your stuff. Worship. Worship allow you to possess what belongs to you. When you make a declaration according to the word of God, you take possession of what belongs to you. When you pray the word of God, you begin to take what really belongs to you. Church, I don't know where you are in your understanding in your mind, in your life with Christ. But the message today, so you don't miss it, is God has already given you a whole lot of promises. And you may not have them right now in possession, in control. But God is saying, you can't sit back any longer and just sit there and just just keep wishing to have them. He wants you to take control. He wants you to take it. He wants you to take what belongs to you. And the kingdom of God belongs to you. Here's homework. Go study about the kingdom. Because if you do, you will understand all that is at your disposal. Because you probably don't understand what that means. All is at your disposal when you understand the kingdom is yours. When Jesus came, what Jesus did when he walked and preached... He was manifesting. He was demonstrating the kingdom. Because he was showing you the power and the authority that the kingdom has. And all we have to do is go and possess what belongs to us, the kingdom. And wherever the kingdom is reigning, that's where God is reigning. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, will you help us today, Lord? I don't know if I did exactly what you wanted, but I pray to God that I did. Now, Lord, I pray that the words that's been spoken into this atmosphere will go into the heart of the people, will go into the mind and the thought process of every one of us, Lord God, that, Lord Jesus, we're able to understand 
what it means to possess what you've already given to us. I pray today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that the word of the Lord that came forth will transform our minds, will change our hearts, will cause us, Lord God, to behave differently, will cause us, O oh God, to be who you have called us to be. I pray today in the name of Jesus that you have your way, Lord God, that the word of God will not fall on deaf ears, Lord God, but the word of God will build faith and the word of God will increase our understanding. I pray that somebody today will become a man of action, that somebody today they will become a woman of action. That somebody today will become a young person of action. Lord, give us that spirit that Joshua had, Lord God, where we can understand that you have already entrusted us. You've already given to us what you want us to have. Now it's time to walk in and take hold of it. Now it's time to possess it. I pray in the name of Jesus that you have your way, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, that you'll move on us in a way where we will leave here today, Lord Lord God, determined. Where we will leave here today, Lord God, convinced. Where we will leave here today, Lord God, persuaded to say, yes, Lord, I will do your will. Yes, Lord, I will do your will. Yes, Lord, I will take control. Yes, Lord, I will take control. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Won't you pray for somebody right now? In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray the power of God will overshadow your child. And that, Lord, there will be a holy boldness that will come over her. That there will be an authority that will come over her. Ah, my God. That there will be an authority that will come over your child. That she will begin to call those things that are are not as though they were. By the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Lord, let there be a boldness that will come upon her. I pray that you will impart strength and courage upon her now that the will of God may be done. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, God, a holy boldness, holy boldness, holy boldness, Lord God. Holy boldness, Lord. An authority, Lord God, that will overtake, oh God, your child. Allow him to go in the spirit and to do what you want him to do. Lord God, to take control by the authority of the Word of God. Oh Lord, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 Speak by the authority of God's Word. Speak by the authority of God's Word. Speak by the authority of God's Word. That God will have His way. Call those things that are not as though they were. Let God do what He wants to do in the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 God. God wants to use you mightily here. God wants to use you mightily. Let God have his way now. Let God work through you. Allow God to put his thoughts. Let God put into your heart what he wants. And you go and you speak by the authority of the word of God. And you speak with a holy boldness. And let God have his way. Nothing by any means will be able to stop you. Nothing will be able to stop you. If you will command, God will do it. If you will speak it, God will do it. If you will possess it, God 
will do it. God will give you the strength to do it in the name of Jesus. 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 God, I speak your word. I speak strength and courage upon him, Lord God. I speak strength and courage, Lord God, that there will be a boldness, a courage, an authority that will come upon him to command and to call those things that are not as though they were to operate in the authority and the power of God, to operate by the authority of your word, to operate by the spirit of God. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll position his feet and let him plant his feet and take control and take possession of what is rightfully his. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the Word of God. Lord, move on, John. Let the power of God overshadow him and speak according to your will. I pray, Lord God, strength and boldness and courage in the name of Jesus. 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 You have favor with God. Go to God and let him speak to you. And when he speaks to you, go and do what he says. When God speaks to you, go and do what he says. Don't you be afraid. Don't you back down. But go and do what thus saith the Lord. As God put in your heart, as God placed it in your mind, you go and do as God has said. He says, I will be with you, and by no means shall anything hinder you, but God will defend you in the name of Jesus. 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 Oh God, order his steps today. God, lead him in the path of righteousness today. God, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. God, let your will be done in his life, oh God. I pray the blessings of God, the power of God to reign supremely. And I pray, Lord God, that you will do a work, a quick work, in his heart, in his mind, for your will to be done in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch him, almighty God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, John Carlo, let God have his way. Open your heart to him today. God brought you here today to impart to you what he wants for your life. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let the Lord have his way. Lord, touch him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. That, Lord God, he will trust you. And that he will obey your word, Lord God. I pray that he will become a doer and not just a hearer of your word, Lord God. But let him hear and do. I pray for strength. I pray for courage. I pray the boldness and power and authority of God to overshadow him. Make his way straight for you, Jesus. Make his way straight for you, Lord Jesus. And bless him, Lord. And keep him, Lord. Let your face shine upon him. Be gracious unto him, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By faith. By faith. By faith. Michelle, you might not